0: decisions than probably anything I've ever faced in my ministry uh, just because of how long it's went on and I, I've always taught you to submit to authority. I still believe submission to authority brings power into your life. Uh, that's a biblical concept. So I, I did that. I submitted not only to my national and, and state governments but I submitted to my overseers and, my, and our denominational authorities and people that were telling us uh, to do things and I Uh, And at the same time, make no mistake about it, I do believe that evil men have conspired with demonic forces to cause confusion. I I, I believe that uh, because any time that there's an open door, there's always a demonic spirit that's going to walk through it and try to cause division and confusion. It's been my contention the whole time that the church should not add to the confusion. That we should just try to be what we could be and, and, and be a light in a, in a dark place and, and do what we could do to uplift Jesus even though uh, some people thought we should have never shut the doors and things like that and that we were bowing down and kowtowing to the government and things like that. but. Uh, I, I know people, Brother Paul Marino sat right back there that saw it up close and personal. I have a friend that lives in Levittsburg, Ohio that is a pastor of a church of about 800 people and he was sick for 15 days and had it, was positive for it. And I, I mean, it, it was a real thing. I just think that it, it, there was a lot of confusion that was uh, that came with it and uh, and we're still going to be complying. You can see that we're not back to normal yet, but this is a whole lot better than where it was and what we had before. Amen. <laughs> So this is, this is uh, for the season we're in right now, this is the normal that we got, but this is better than what we had. So uh, we're back in the house of God, and, and uh, man, it feels good. Amen. It feels good. There's a lot of things that's changed. A lot of things uh, are not the same as they used to be. As a matter of fact, next Sunday was my projected date. If you'd have asked me on March 1st uh, what our projected date was to open our new facility, I would have told you uh, next Sunday. And obviously, that didn't happen because with everything going on, we were afraid to have people go out there and work too much. We did get some uh, some demolition done, and some drywall work done, and two people at a time, one person out there at a time, uh, things like that, families going out together, but we haven't got nearly as much done as we wanted to. We wanted to be opening next Sunday, and of course, now that's being pushed back, and we're not even sure at what point we could say that we're going to open it because now summer looks like it's in question. You know, they're canceling fireworks and pools aren't going to open and, and things. Are, are postponed, and uh, I wouldn't want to have a, a brand new facility being opened and have a bunch of rules and restrictions and weirdness going on and uh, have a new guest come in, but you tell telling me, well, you've got to stand six feet apart and don't look at nobody and don't wink at nobody, and uh, I just, it, it, everything is strange right now. We're, we're just dealing with it as we go along, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, though, I've discovered that no matter what I go through, God never changes. Uh, there's this word that I kick around all the time and you hear me say it from the pulpit and it's a church word and a lot of people don't understand it when I say it but I am absolutely 110 percent convinced of the sovereignty of God that through everything God is always sovereign and because he is always sovereign I can tell you that even though we have went through the weirdest and the worst season some of our lives I, can I tell you that I was still blessed through it all can I tell you that even though even though everything was shut down and we had all this calamity and our church m- uh, moving got pushed back and and some people were against me and some people were talking bad and, and it, can I tell you that I was still blessed and it's not because of who I am or who the president is but because of who he is I am still blessed you know, I'm, I'm old enough now. I can start talking about things the way they used to be. And, and, and not only am I, am I old, but I've lived almost two different lives. I've got my existence now that I'm comfortable in, but I had my existence when I was a child that looked very different than my existence that I have right now. See, I, I'm old enough to remember women doing perms at home. And if you ain't never smelled that going on, you don't know what funky smells like if you've never walked in with two women doing each other's hair in the same little house with no air conditioning in it. I can still remember, listen, I, can, I am old enough to remember my older sister and her friends literally putting Clorox on their heads to bleach their hair. Does anybody remember that? But, but see, that kind of stuff was all I ever knew. I had only ever lived that way. Do you understand what I mean by that? Uh, We had cardboard patches on the busted panes in our house. We didn't go and get Mr. Glass to come and put a new pane in. Oh, no, we had duct tape and cardboard patches. We had patches on the windows, patches on our knees. That's all I ever knew. I I looked around, and and we would have leftovers on top of a coal-burning stove. That was all I ever knew. And because that was all I ever knew, I felt blessed. I didn't know that there was another world out there. I didn't know that there was another existence out there. And looking back on that life from where I'm at right now, it almost looks pitiful. looking back at that outhouse on the hill, looking out and smelling that smell in August, when you were downwind of the outhouse, And looking back on that, from that time, it almost looks like it was pitiful. Almost looks like my life was cursed. But I know now that even when I was in that state, I was blessed. I am blessed now, and I was blessed then. Different levels of blessing, but I was still blessed. I was blessed rising up. I was blessed going down. I was blessed when the sun came up. I was blessed when the sun went down. No matter where I was, no matter what I endured, I was blessed. And I am blessed still. And if I've learned anything through this COVID-19 experiment, it's this. We have taken our lives for granted. We have taken our God for granted. We took coming to church on Sunday for granted. And may you never again come into the church house on Sunday morning with wiping sleepy boogers out your eyes, wondering what song they're going to sing today and am I going to put my hands together. May you always take, for, take the church for what it is. This is the house of the Lord, and I am glad when they said, Let us go. We take stuff for granted because we don't realize how blessed we are when we're in it, while we are going through it. And I have discovered no matter what I go through, God is sovereign. Sometimes I'm a mess, but God is sovereign. And we should take great comfort in the fact that the God who created the heavens and the earth is mindful of us. How awesome is it that the God who created everything Thought all about you and me today. You are in your right mind today because God is mindful of you. You drove yourself to this church. You'll drive yourself back home, probably stop and eat somewhere or fix something at the house because God was mindful of you. When the devil would have killed you, when he would have had you broke already, when he would have had some of you in jail, when some of you would have OD'd with a needle hanging out your arm, some of you would have been depressed, some of you would have been divorced, but God was mindful of you, and no matter what, you took him for granted. He never took you for granted, and he has been in your life protecting you Bringing you through because he's sovereign. He is sovereign. The Bible tells us in Psalm 135 that whatever the Lord pleased, he does it. Because he is God. There is none above him. He is sovereign. That means that when God wants it, he has it. He's sovereign. He also, the Bible tells us, is holy. Isaiah saw a holy God. He saw the perfection and the holiness of his maker. And and he saw the seraphim flying around crying to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is filled with his glory. Moses got acquainted with this holy Lord when a bush caught fire in a desert but was not consumed. And that bush said, I want you to go and speak to the congregation of Israel and tell them this, I, the Lord thy God, am holy. Holy. You be like me. You be holy as well. He is sovereign. He's holy. But I've also been reminded during this epidemic that God is omnipresent. Hey, I've been preaching to a camera for nine weeks. Sometimes up in Kristen's living room, sometimes in this room, sometimes on my front porch, but I've been preaching to a camera. But you know what I found? Even when I ain't got my amen committee, even when I ain't got Sister Sarah over here going, Hallelujah, God is still there with me. No matter if I'm on the porch at the house, no matter if I'm in this house all by myself, no matter if I'm in the living room talking to Kristen's camera while she ain't even in the house, God is omnipresent. He is always with me. That's why David asked important questions like, where can I go to get away from you? He said, if I make my bed in heaven, you're there. If I go down into hell, I can't get away from you. Everywhere I go, I run into God. Because he's sovereign. Because he's holy. Because he's omnipresent. But he's also omniscient. And I wish I had somebody in this church that understood that before you tried to hide stuff from him. So you can hide stuff from the preacher, you can hide stuff from mom and daddy, you can hide stuff from hubby and wifey, but you ain't hiding nothing from God because God is omniscient. He is all knowing. He knows everything. He is endowed with all wisdom. He has perfect knowledge. He is aware of your thoughts. He is aware of your words. He knows your deeds. He knows your needs. He knows your past. He's well aware of your present and he knows where you're going in the future. He knows why you have joy. He knows why you cry at night. He knows your strength and bless God. He knows your weaknesses. And we spend so much of our lives trying to hide stuff from a God who can't be hid from. He's omnipresent. He's holy. He's sovereign. He's omniscient. And thank God, he's omnipotent. So COVID-19 didn't take him by surprise because he's omniscient. He knew it before it happened. But He's also uh, uh, omnipotent, which means it ain't more powerful than Him. Because He is all-powerful. He is the Almighty God. Now that things are starting to get back to normal, I'm going to get back into that series that I've been putting off for three months about the names of God. And we'll learn how He is Almighty God. He is El Shaddai. Jeremiah declared, Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Did you hear them declare that? The prophet Jeremiah just told you this morning that there is nothing too hard for God. So go ahead and give your burdens to the Lord because it don't matter how bad it comes against you. It don't come against him in the same way because God has more than enough. Thank God He's sovereign. I'm glad that He's holy and makes me holy in His image and likeness. I'm glad that He's omnipresent. He's with me everywhere. I'm glad He's omniscient, even though sometimes I wish He didn't know everything. And I'm so thankful that He's omnipotent because there is nothing above Him. He is the fount of all existence. Through Him, nothing is impossible. If we need it, God can. I'm going to say that again. If you need it, God can. He has all power. Nature recognizes His omnipotence. On the stormy, raging Sea of Galilee, God spoke and the sea became motionless because it recognized the voice of the One who created it. When Jesus said, Peace be still, the wind and the waves obeyed the Master's command. God's power over the Valley of Agilon arrested the Sun and it stood still for the span of about a day Jesus spoke to an unproductive unproductive fig tree and the source of life inside of it withered up and dried up at the root how about down at the Red Sea when Pharaoh's army was breathing down Israel's back and God said Moses stretch out your rod and the Red Sea felt the breath of God come out of his mouth and it rolled up on its side and congealed in its place. Because even nature recognizes how powerful God is. The wilderness became holy ground when a bush caught on fire but was not consumed because the om- omnipotent, omniscient God showed up in the wilderness. God has power over men and angels, and nations, and natures, and Satan, and death, and hell, and the grave, and COVID-19. He has power and authority over it all. Now, I'm going to be struggling in this new season because I can't ask you to touch your neighbor. I'm going to be struggling. Because y'all got to be just just wave at your neighbor. Just nod across the room at your neighbor. Just stay, stay, stay. Lift your mask up and, and, and smile at your neighbor. So thank God that he has all power. Thank God that he is all knowing. Thank God that he is in control of everything. And what could we ever suppose? that we could put limits on God. How do you handcuff a God like that? How do you shackle a God who can do anything? A God who knows everything. And yet, if one thing has become abundantly clear during this season that we have been living in, even Christian people need to learn how to turn God loose in their life. Even Christian folk have gotten to the point where they are, don't even realize how they are imposing limitations on a God who has no limit. They are imposing limitations on a God who has all knowledge, all authority, and all power. He is everywhere all the time. He is holy. He is sovereign. And yet, in your life, He can be handcuffed. He can be shackled. And you need to learn how to turn God loose. How do you limit God? Well, I'm glad you asked. Scripture teaches us about a God who called the world into existence and He is the master of everything He surveys. He has ordered all things according to His design and His perfect will and yet a finite man can impose limits on Him. Pastor, I don't believe that. Then read Psalm 78 and 41. And the Bible says, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited a God who has no limits. They limited a God who is able to do anything exceedingly abundantly above all that you can imagine or think. A God who knows everything, who is everywhere all the time. Do you realize that God never comes or goes? We say all the time, well, God showed up. God didn't show up anywhere. God was already there before you got there, before the foundations of the earth. God doesn't show up anywhere. You may not have noticed. Y'all ain't going to help me right there. There's a lot of times in your life you don't notice he is there, but he is always there because you can't get away from him. You can't go anywhere where he is not. So a God who is everywhere, who has all power, all authority, who is holy and sovereign and is able to do everything needs to be turned loose by little old you by finite man an infinite God needs to have his handcuffs removed pastor how do I turn God loose well I'm glad you there's three things I want to share with you very quickly on how you limit God in your life are you ready for this the very first one is unfaithfulness. I want you to understand something. God could blow his breath. God could think a thought. He could speak a word and radically revolutionize your entire life. Do you understand that? He, he could think a thought and get you entirely out of debt. He could think a thought and every sickness and disease would leave your body could speak a word and dead people would come back to life because he has that kind of power. And yet, God has chosen to limit himself in how he operates in your life by whether you believe and by whether you will obey. So the very first thing that I want to talk to you about is being unfaithful. Because when you are unfaithful to God, you limit His faithfulness to you. In spite of all His miracles and the protection that He gave to Israel, they were habitually unfaithful. They rebelled against Moses. They built a golden calf. They offered strange fire. They took strange wives. And through their unfaithfulness, God had to keep back His best. Time does not permit me this morning to get involved in this because I could do a sermon on all three of these points by themselves. I just want you to know that some of you are not living in God's best not because God doesn't love you and not because God's not able but because He refuses to bless your mess. Some of us think that we are set up for a, a, a setup because God is about to do something big in our life and God knows if he gave you bigger than what you ain't being faithful what he gave you already. Why would he continue to give you something that is just going to promote more debauchery? Y'all ain't going to help me. See, some of us are already giving the kingdom of God a black eye because we, we keep telling somebody, I'm going to pray for you. What do you mean you're going to pray for me? Last night you was on Facebook in a club and you're going to pray for me today? That is not a good witness. That is a terrible testimony. And why would God continue to promote that? Why is God going to put somebody in a pulpit when they can't even keep their marriage together? Y'all ain't going to help me. Y'all ain't going to help me. They can't be faithful at home and you're going to put them in charge of a church. God's not going to do that. Unfaithfulness limits what God can do in your life. The second thing that I will talk to you about is being stubborn. See, sometimes stuff that we want We want it more than we want God. Wow, it's getting quiet in this mortuary. I thought y'all would be more excited to get back in the church house. God needs to be turned loose in some of you folks' life because when you get loose with God, God gives you His best. But God set Israel loose, but Israel was still tied to Egypt. They refused to cut new covenant with God because they wanted to hold on to what they had back then. They sinned more and more because self-will always takes you away from God, not toward God. Did you read that verse that I shared with you? They provoked God in the wilderness. My God, I could tell you about a a million different ways uh, uh, in your life that is better for you to spend your time than poking God in the eye. Don't provoke God. You think it's bad to provoke mama or daddy? Don't provoke God. Uh -uh. Don't be poking God in the eye. God got ready to destroy them. God was about to kill them all, wipe them out, because they kept insulting his goodness. Had it not been for Moses interceding, God was going to start all over. He was kind of like the old Bill Cosby. Uh, joke. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. Make another one just like you. <laughs> and because he's omnipotent, he can do that. And he was about to do that. And Moses intervened on behalf of the people and said, Don't do that. Or God was about to start all over because stubbornness gets in the way of God's best for your life. So turn God loose. And the third, and probably the one that's been on display more than anything else through this whole COVID thing, is doubt. Doubt limits God. Because doubt reduces God to your limitations. Doubt reduces an omnipotent God down to your limitations. If you don't think it's possible, you tell God it's not possible. If you don't believe God can, a God who can do anything, if you doubt that He will do it for you, you have now reduced a God who has no limits down to what you think is possible. Turn God loose. Because nothing can be built on doubt. When Peter doubted, he sank. When he believed, he walked on water. When the disciples doubted, they could not cast the devil out of a little boy. When Martha doubted that her brother could live again, he would have stayed in a tomb. Thomas doubted that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Doubt is destructive and has no rightful lodging in the life of a Christian. How do you think when they came down... And asked Jesus to save them when they were on the boat. The disciples. Jesus's first comment to them was, "Why do you have so much fear? What in the name of heaven are you afraid of?" Now let's make one thing abundantly clear. I have been precautious through all of this, not for myself. I go out without mask. I just—it's just the way I choose to live. Okay, Cast, get mad at me. I don't. You know, okay. I, I don't I don't I just I don't I don't like masks. They get fuzzies up my nose. They they if you I've been if I don't know how you people with glasses wear them because I was have been doing a, a a remodel project and I got safety glasses on and I put that mask on because I was afraid of the dust you know the dust was bothering my nose and my glasses would fog up. I'm like I don't know how they expect people with glasses to even do this on a regular basis because I had to choose whether I want to breathe or see. I can't do both at the same time. I'm either blind or I'm choking I can't do both I can't I can't put the mask on and wear the glasses I don't know how they expect you to do that stuff so, so it's just the way I so I have not been overly precautious for myself because I'm not afraid I have been precautious for you because I don't want you to get sick and I want us hear me to leave a good taste in the community's mouth because I want people because make no mistake, I believe that evil men have conspired with demonic forces to cause confusion. And it would not take very long for a media person to show up out here in this parking lot and stick a microphone in your face and say, why is your church having service when this is closed and that's closed and that's closed? And before you know it, promise of victory, church of God. Every one of you that wears uh, the t-shirts, every one of you that's got the sticker on your, uh, on your window, everybody's going to be asking, how come you go to that church that, that uh, wouldn't shut down? Don't you know that this is, you're killing people? I mean, it, it would happen. Because that's what the devil does. And so we have been precautious, but I have never once been fearful. Because I refuse to live in fear when I serve a God who is in all, through all, and above all. I don't doubt Him. Not today, not yesterday, not forever. But I doubt that we realize how often we stand on the edge of a miracle. I doubt that we realize how often we need to turn God loose in our lives hear me I am convinced that God has above all my best intentions at heart that before I was even born he knew me and he had called me to my intended purposes Which means that no matter what I go through and what I endure, it has a meaning and a purpose behind it. And God is not absent on Monday, and He's only with me on Sunday when I come to His house. Here's what I believe. I believe that I have missed a lot of opportunities in my life. I can't speak to you about you, but I can speak about my life, and I believe that I have stood on the brink of a miracle on more than one occasion, and I have missed it because I limited Him because I doubted that it was possible. Or, hear me, somebody needs to hear this, I doubted that I was worthy. Doubt does not only show up in the form of, I don't think it's possible. Doubt also shows up in, I don't think it's possible for me. Why would God bless me? Why would God want to help me? I don't feel like I am worth it. When you start doubting God, you limit what He can do in your life. God's never done anything with a man that did not not require a radical choice. The Bible's filled with people who heard the voice of God, who had to take him at his word and moved out of their element to where God wanted them to go to. What about Noah? He built a boat in a desert because he said it was going to rain. And everybody said, what's rain? Because water had never fallen from the sky before. What about Abraham. God said, Abraham, I want you to leave your father's village and go that way. Abraham said, how far? He said, I'll let you know when you get there. So he sold his mansion to go live like a nomad in a tent because he had to make a radical choice to take the limits off of God, to let God loose in his life. See, God made a radical choice to send Jesus. Only difference between the ordinary and the extraordinary is a choice to radically obey. And the wilderness is not a bad place if you don't mind walking around in circles. If you don't mind walking around the same mountain for forty years, the wilderness ain't too bad. I mean, God would send a man from heaven. He would send the water out of a rock. Every once in a while, he sent quail by and just dropped at your feet. He kept all the enemies away from you. During the day, you have a pillar of cloud that keeps the sun off of you. So, you know, you get a nice tan, but you don't get burned up. By night, you got a pillar of fire that keeps you warm in the desert. And all the while, all I got to tolerate is I have walked past this same rock 40 times. It's not too bad out here in the wilderness. God takes care of me. Everything's the same. I know what to expect. Every January, we're by this brook. Every April, we're over here, and we're looking over this valley when the pomegranates are starting. See, 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 see. The wilderness is not bad if you like familiar. The wilderness is not bad if you like ordinary. Ordinary. But if you are going to reach the promised land, you have got to get sick and tired of walking around in the same circles and getting the same results year after year after year after year. And you've got to break loose and believe that I, my almighty God, can do anything. And he can do it for me. God brings them out in Joshua chapter 3. And I've been spending a lot of time reading in Joshua. If you've been watching the Wednesday nights, I've been talking about Joshua. And he brings Israel to the conquest of the promised land. And from the very beginning of this journey, this was supernatural. The children of Israel had walked around that mountain. Why? Because they doubted. They wouldn't, let lo- they wouldn't let God loose. Do you remember? Do you remember Caleb and Joshua? Twelve spies went out to look at the land. Ten of them came back and said, Hey, that place is the bomb. I mean, it's all that and a bag of chips. Pomegranates the size of a man's head over there. It is truly everything God said it was. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Great, let's go. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's going to be too hard. It's going to take too long. And by the way, we ain't able anyway. They refused to let God loose. Because a God who called them to it in their mind was smaller than the giants that stood in their way. Did you see the sons of Anak are there? They're giants and in their eyes we, say that word we, in their eyes we are as grasshopper. I can see God standing over the balcony of heaven saying what's we got to do with it anyway? what in the name of heaven does we have anything to do with it? Because we didn't call you to the land. We didn't bring you out of Egypt. We didn't split the Red Sea. We didn't provide manna. We didn't give you a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. We didn't give you the provision to get you this far. Had it been up to we, you'd have been dead already. What's we got to do with it? It's me. It's about me, the God of glory, the omnipotent, omniscient, how powerful El Shaddai. It's me who's going to. What does we have to do with it? Because they limited God and would not turn God loose. God brings them to the brink of getting into the land 40 years later. Here they are at the water again. This time, instead of the Red Sea, it's the Jordan. The Jordan River. Now, if you ever look at the Jordan River, see some pictures of it or something? It's not very impressive. As a matter of fact, I'm from McDowell County. In my neck of the woods, we wouldn't even call it a river. We'd call it a creek. And we'd name a Baptist church after it. (laughs) But at this particular time, the, the, the snow off of Mount Hermon had melted and the flood season was there and the river was raging and it was at flood stage. And it's at that particular time that God asks them to cross. Do you realize if they have showed up a month earlier, they could have walked across it? I've said all that to say this. God asked them to move at the worst possible time. He didn't ask them when it was convenient. He didn't ask them when it was easy. He waited until the worst possible scenario to tell them it's time for you to move. And in my spirit for the past few weeks, with all the craziness in the world, I was asked not to come into a store over in Washington, PA, because I didn't have no mask. I said, I'm from West Virginia. We don't have masks. It's crazy. You can go through the drive-thru and eat in your car, but you can't eat in the restaurant, except for some of them where you can eat out on the deck. But if you eat out on the deck, you got to stay six feet apart so the birds can use the bathroom on your table but you can't get too close to the people what I can go to Lowe's where I don't know where all these people are putting all these plants by but Lowe's is crazy and I can go to Lowe's with four million people in Steubenville by the way when All of a sudden. If you've ever been on Three Springs Drive around lunchtime, there's gotta be a hundred thousand people in Weirton. If you go to Lowe's in Stubaville, there's a hundred thousand people and fifty of them are at Lowe's. And I can go over there, but I can't go to church. I, I I I can go to the veterinarian, but I can't go into the building. They'll take my dog, they'll come out and get my dog and take him in the building, but they won't let me go in the building. But I can go to Walmart because the disease don't work at Walmart (sighs) and I can touch surfaces today but I couldn't touch them three weeks ago but now all of a sudden it's not alive on here but it was alive on here three weeks ago and the masks work but if they work why can't we go wherever we want to go and wear the masks And if the masks don't work, why do we have to wear them in the first place? None of it makes any sense. It's very confusing. And at the same time, at the same time, I feel God telling the church, it's time to move. It's the worst possible time. But it's time to move. It's time for us to be The church, we have been locked down, shut down, not been able to fellowship, not be able to congregate, and now it's time to move. Father, it has been an honor and a privilege for so many years to come into your presence. And God, we haven't always taken advantage of it. We haven't always appreciated it the way we should. But we believe in a God who can today. We believe in a God who can do the impossible. Who can do anything. I believe that you are capable of making the sun stand still, of eradicating every disease, of making my life easier making my journey without any stumbling blocks but I also believe God that no matter what season I'm in it's time to move because God you are able you can do what you want to do God we're asking you to do it in our lives I'm asking Lord that on this first day where we were able to join back together where we were able to assemble God that lives and hearts are touched and ministered to that as people leave your house God we will not leave the way we've left so often before but God we will take you not for granted but take you with us God that after all these journeys that we have experienced over the last couple of months that we have learned a new appreciation for you and for the things of your house and for the journey that you have us on. God, we believe it's time to move. Move into greater heights. Move into greater depths. Move into a new existence and a new experience to take enemy territory and bring it back into the kingdom because the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. God, we believe it's time for us to move and get our prodigal sons and daughters back. We believe it's time for us to move and repair relationships and marriages. We believe it's time for us to move and cause the nation to bow their knee and to heal our land because it's time for us to expose you to the world, God. You are everywhere, but let your light shine through us. We love you, holy God. We love you, sovereign God. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, we love you. And we want to turn you loose in our life. Bring healing. Bring restoration. Bring breakthrough. Bring wholeness. Help us, God, to come to grips in our spirits with who you are and what you want to do in our life. And in the name of Jesus, I pray and bless these, your people. Amen. And amen. Are you able to receive that blessing this morning? Allow God to do something in your life. Turn Him loose. We have a dismissal video that we want you to watch before you uh, take your leave, please.